I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, December 8th. A dangerousness hearing for a man charged in an assault and racist tirade against an Asian family in Quincy has been postponed until today. The hearing for 77-year-old John Sullivan of Quincy, who's accused of striking a man with his vehicle Friday, was delayed yesterday because a police officer who was expected to be called as a witness was not in court. Police were called to Washington Street last Friday to investigate a disorder involving a motor vehicle. When officers arrived, they said they found an Asian man covered in dirt and limping. Desiree Thien, the man's sister, said she and her brother were with her three children outside the post office when they witnessed Sullivan speeding down the road. When her brother spoke to Sullivan about the speeding, Sullivan then racially harassed and threatened the five of them. She said she and her brother were standing in front of Sullivan's vehicle and collecting his information when he exited the post office and got back into the car. Quincy police said the brother was knocked into a construction zone and fell into an open ditch that was about 10 to 15 feet deep. Thien recorded the video of the aftermath near the construction site, caught Sullivan on camera before police say he fled, driving onto Quincy Avenue and into Braintree. Sullivan faced multiple charges in connection with the incident, including two counts of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, reckless operation of a motor vehicle, leaving the scene of a crash with personal injury and a civil rights violation. So far, two candidates have returned their nomination papers to run for the Ward 4 Quincy City Council seat. City Clerk's Office has certified the voter signatures for Joel Bonaventura and James Devine. Matthew Lyons and Sharon Sintolo have also taken out papers to run for the seat but have not yet returned them to be certified. If there are more than two candidates for the seat, a preliminary election will be held on January 17th. The top two vote-getters will face off in the final election on February 7th. Candidates have until December 15th to return their nomination papers to City Hall. The seat was vacated when Brian Palmucci resigned last month after being appointed a district court judge. Mail-in ballots for this special election must be requested from the city clerk's office. They will not be sent out automatically. Early voting for the special election will also be held at the city clerk's office the first week in January. Quincy City Councilors will be taking a walking tour of the Quarry Hills Golf Course area today. Councilors and members of the Quarry Hills Association will meet at noontime at the Granite Links Clubhouse on Quarry Hills Drive to take an on-site walk of the trails on the Quarry Hills site. The event is open to the public. The walking tour comes as the city seeks to enter into a 99-year lease with Quarry Hills. At a recent ordinance committee meeting, residents said they wanted more information about the current state of the walking trails at the site. Other concerns raised at the meeting included the condition of the playing fields at Quarry Hills and any plans for future development as well as traffic. Ward 1 Councilor Dave McCarthy, chair of the Ordinance Committee, promised an on-site walking tour before any votes were taken on the lease agreement. All are welcome to attend today's tour. A Plymouth man's accused of committing an attack that left a 68-year-old man with serious injuries that could impact the rest of his life. Prosecutors say 43-year-old Robert Buckley has been charged with assault and battery on a person over 60, causing serious bodily injury. 
in an incident that happened early Sunday outside Fanduel Hall restaurants. Prosecutors said the victim, who has not been identified, was with relatives for a family celebration when he was attacked and thrown to the ground outside J.J. Donovan's Tavern on Clinton Street. The victim was taken to Mass General with serious neck injuries that could have lifelong ramifications. He also suffered a severe gash to his forehead that officials say will require plastic surgery. The police report says the gash was so deep officers could see bone. Family members and Fanduel Hall security officers told Boston police that Buckley, who was accompanied by another man, fled toward Congress Street. Boston police soon found Buckley at Atlantic Ave and High Street near Rose Wharf, conducted an on-site identification with a family member of the victim who witnessed the attack. That witness told police Buckley was 100% the person who threw the victim to the ground. The man accompanying Buckley was not involved and was not charged. Buckley was arraigned yesterday in Boston Municipal Court and ordered to be held on $2,000 bail and to stay away from the victim and from J.J. Donovan's tavern. Buckley is set to return to court February 16th for a probable cause hearing. According to those court documents, Buckley is an employee of the city of Boston. Authorities have identified the Plymouth woman who was killed Tuesday night in a wrong way crash on Route 3 in Duxbury. Troopers responding to a reported two-vehicle crash involving a wrong way driver on Route 3 southbound. The wrong way driver, 49-year-old Janelle Sampy, was pronounced dead at the scene. The female operator of the other vehicle was taken to Sasha Hospital in Weymouth. The crash is still under investigation. The MBTA getting close to a fully staffed slate of subway dispatchers six months after federal investigators warned that shortages posed safety risks, although it's still unclear when the transit agency will reverse service cuts triggered by workforce issues. MBTA Chief Safety Officer Ron Esther says there are 27 dispatchers working in the Operations Control Center and six prospective workers are in a training program to become dispatchers. Two of the dispatchers are former retirees who return to work and don't have a timeline to once again depart. Officials would like to bulk up that critical office to about 32 dispatchers, although officials say that they would put an asterisk by it until the T completes a full workforce assessment required by the Federal Transit Administration. While the T has not yet reached its tentative goal, the 27 dispatchers on the job represent growth over the spring when the FTA slammed the T for failing to staff the Operations Control Center. A series of missteps by Federal Bureau of Prisons officials preceded the October 2018 beating death of notorious Boston gangster James Whitey Bulger, according to the Justice Department. The watchdog is recommending that at least six Bureau of Prisons workers be disciplined. The inspector general found no evidence that there was malicious intent by any Bureau of Prison employees involved in decisions made before Bulger's slaying but found multiple levels of management failures that left Bulger at the mercy of rival gangsters behind bars. The report found that Bureau of Prisons officials had shared information about Bulger's transfer widely. 
that officials had tried several times to downgrade his medical status, meaning he could be moved to other prisons, then moved him from being housed alone at a prison in Florida to being housed in the general population at the West Virginia prison. The report is the latest example of a series of failures by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, which has been under increasing scrutiny from Congress and the public after the deaths of several high-profile inmates, including Bulger, and wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein, who died in custody in 2019. An AP investigation found a myriad of crises within the agency, including widespread criminal conduct by employees, rampant allegations of sexual assault, and significant staffing shortages that have hampered responses to emergencies. Bulger was beaten to death hours after he arrived at West Virginia's Hazleton Prison after causing problems at the Florida lockup, where he'd been serving a life sentence for 11 murders and other crimes. Federal prosecutors have charged three men, including a mafia hitman in the killing. Bulger led a largely Irish mob and served as an FBI informant before he fled Boston and spent 16 years on the lam. He was captured at the age of 81 in Santa Monica, California. Governor-elect Maura Healey and Lieutenant Governor-elect Kim Driscoll plan to hold their inaugural celebration at the TD Garden on the night of Thursday, January 5th. Healey and Lieutenant Governor-elect Driscoll have attached the theme, Moving the Ball Forward, to their inaugural, a reference to their time as college and professional basketball players. The inaugural team said yesterday tickets will become available in the coming weeks, as well as details about the timing ticketing program at additional events. The new legislature will be sworn in on Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, and Healy and Driscoll will be sworn in on January 5th. Governor Baker said this fall in a radio interview he plans to take the traditional lone walk down the front steps on January 4th, the day before he officially leaves office. A check of business news this morning. Stocks are higher. The Dow is up 22. NASDAQ rose 28. S&P added 6. Shares were mixed in Europe and Asia. The dollar rose. The euro was up. Oil is at $72 a barrel. In sports, Celtics beat the Suns 125-98. to They'll be in Golden State Saturday night at 8.30. Bruins shut out Colorado last night. Four to nothing. They're in Arizona tomorrow night at 9:30. The National Weather Service forecast for today: mostly sunny, pleasant, a high 51 degrees. For tonight, cloudy, a low 44. Partly cloudy tomorrow, high 45. Saturday, mostly cloudy, maybe some drizzle, and a high only 38. Some rain, maybe some wet snowflakes on Sunday, and a high 37. For the boater, waves about two feet, northwest wind. Well, gust to 25 occasionally in a high tide right after 11 a.m. Sunrise 6.59, set at 4.11. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, December 8th.